Hello, friends. Welcome to today's episode. There's a lot of polarization that's going on in the online healing and spiritual community at the moment, and I think it's really worth looking at. So everywhere I look, people are separating themselves into two different camps when it comes to moving through trauma or healing inner pain. So camp number one that I'm seeing is about people finding their voice after trauma and then calling other people out, calling out who did it to me, what happened, what's going on, what did I go through, what am I feeling now? That seems to be kind of one group of people. The other group of people that seem to be arguing with them are the camp of what I'm calling taking responsibility camp. And these people are saying, it doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter why this came to you. Deal with it. So take responsibility for what you're experiencing now and move forward. And I find this really interesting that it seems like people are having to choose or being told to choose between one or the other. In my experience, healing is not black and white like that. It's not a this or that. Healing happens on the middle path. Anytime I feel a really strong polarization where people are saying, this is the way, or this is the way over here, I know there's probably some truth to both of it, but not all of it. And that healing probably most likely happens in between those paths. And that's what I'm seeing here. So in this episode, it's going to be short, I hope, (laughs) but I want to get into the pros and cons of both of these camps and how you can integrate them in order to really move through your trauma and reclaim your inner peace and power. So let's start with some of the pros for calling things out, calling out trauma, identifying it and acknowledging it. Well, very basically, acknowledgement of inner pain is necessary for moving through it. We cannot heal that which we don't acknowledge. And I'm not saying this based on an idea or something I read in a book or what something, something that someone told me. It's based on my own experience. So if this isn't your experience, don't take my word for it. Test it. Test it for truth. So we cannot heal that which we don't acknowledge. But what does acknowledgement mean? Does acknowledgement mean identifying with an abusive behavior? Actually, we're going to put that aside for a minute. We're going to come back to that. So let's go back to the pros for calling out naming trauma. One, it allows us to acknowledge our inner pain. Number two, calling out trauma or calling out an abuser helps identify that abuser or that behavior so so that we don't get stuck in relationships or situations that repeat it. If we don't fully acknowledge what happened and we just try to rush through it and move through it and somehow reconnect with our inner pain without processing that pain in the first place, we are much more likely to repeat those patterns. So identifying the abusive behavior or the abuser will help us stop a cycle that would otherwise repeat itself. And lastly, another pro for calling out naming trauma is that it removes personal blame or shame, right? When you just feel a ton of depression or a ton of anxiety and you have no idea where it's coming from, the tendency is to blame yourself. And all that does is set you up for a cyclical pattern of more internal pain, more shame. It doesn't help you move through it. So as soon as you can identify, oh, I'm feeling this way because that person really did me some harm, that can be so freeing. 
Now, some of the cons for calling out trauma or calling out people is that you can get caught in that blame game. So you can begin to give up any possibility for healing because you shackle yourself to the idea that you are powerless to what happened. So in your mind, you create this idea that, well, this person did this to me, therefore I'm going to forever feel traumatized. Yes, it's true that someone did something to you. Yes, it's true that you're in pain. But to get caught in that cycle and to let the cycle end there with it's their fault and now I have to live my life in this way is very disempowering. So that's one of the cons. So this kind of leads into the next con of this camp and that is that you become identified with the victim state. So as you disconnect from your authentic self and any source of inner peace, you become identified with the idea that I am traumatized because of something that happened to me. Again, you're solidifying the idea of powerlessness. So that's one of the cons of falling into this camp of just using your voice to call out trauma and to call out the people that contributed to it. The last con I have with this camp of calling out trauma and calling out people who were the abusers is that it doesn't actually help us for the future. So what I mean by that is if you were to call out someone as a narcissist, all you do is label their face with that name. They, that person becomes a narcissist. So you can watch out for them the rest of your life, but how does that actually help you in moving forward to have the wisdom in all other relationships? What that does is it trains you to label people as good and bad, but people are not good and bad. Behaviors are good and bad. And if you get into a relationship, let's say, and in the beginning, someone doesn't have narcissistic tendencies or they're, they're not showing anyways, their behaviors are not coming to the surface. You're going to then start to label that person as good. You label them as a loving being, human being. Eventually, when those narcissistic behaviors start to come out, your mind will actually ignore those red flags because in your mind, you have already labeled them as good and good people don't have narcissistic behaviors because otherwise they wouldn't be good, right? That is the trouble with labeling people and naming people. Now, that's not to say that you can't name someone in the public who is participating in abuse. You want to be able to say, this spiritual teacher or this person of authority participated in narcissistic behavior. In my opinion, that is very helpful. And that is part of the healing journey. But as soon as you start to label the person as the narcissist, instead of the behavior as narcissistic, you really close off an opportunity for being able to see red flags in the future, in other relationships, or in other spiritual teachers. So getting in the habit of recognizing behavior and not calling people good or bad or labeling people as narcissistic or not. Label behavior. Does that make sense? Again, it doesn't mean that you can't actually call people out if you want to warn a spiritual community that there is a teacher that is abusing their power, use their name. But use their name in a way that's truthful and say, this teacher has narcissistic tendencies. So then people who already have a, let's say, healthy or seemingly healthy relationship with that person 
are also aren't going to be able to argue right away because you're not saying that that is who that person is. You're saying they have narcissistic tendencies, so keep an eye out. So it leaves wiggle room for them to actually do some observation without their egos trying to defend that teacher right off the bat because in their minds, that teacher isn't actually associated with labels like being a narcissist. They'll be much more open to recognizing narcissistic behavior without identifying the person who they've already labeled as good as a narcissist. Does this make sense? I think this is so key and so important in healing. Now, moving on to the second camp, taking responsibility. What are some of the pros? Well, the truth is, if you want to heal from trauma, if you want to heal from any sort of stress or internal wounds, and you want to experience inner peace and happiness, the truth is it is our responsibility. We are the only ones that are deeply connected to the ability to feel love, to feel peace, to feel connection. At the end of the day, that is our responsibility. And a big pro of being able to recognize that is that then you will actually be able to figure out how to get there. It's not something that should just happen automatically. And this leads us into the cons. The idea of taking responsibility seems to imply that because you are responsible, if you aren't feeling happy and at peace, then you're to blame. So then even if you've had a trauma, well, guess what? You're to blame for the depression because you're responsible for your happiness. So this is where this idea of taking responsibility becomes really problematic is that people shame and blame themselves for past trauma if they don't know how to experience peace and joy moving forward. And this is completely counterproductive. You are not to blame for what happened. There is no way that you are to blame for other people's abusive behavior and harm to you and your psyche. But... You are responsible at some point for learning the tools to move forward and reclaim your peace. Can you guys feel the difference when I say that? You are not responsible for the pain that they caused. You are not responsible for their bad behavior or their dysfunctional or their harmful behavior. You are responsible for your happiness and your connection to self moving forward. So can you see the difference? I'm not to blame, but I am responsible for moving forward. I love this conversation so much. I feel like this, having experienced abusive relationships, the ability to take responsibility for myself in the face of simultaneously being a victim and acknowledging that is what saved my life. It 100% saved my life. I tried to do both separately. First of all, I tried to take responsibility for my inner happiness while still in this relationship of abuse. Guess what? I didn't heal. I stayed in the abusive relationship and my mental and physical health got worse. So then I tried to do the other, the opposite. Like everyone told me, it's the other person's fault. You're not to blame. You're the victim here. And guess where that led me? the exact same place, stuck in that dysfunctional relationship because now on a subconscious level, I wasn't responsible. That other person was responsible. Therefore, I was powerless. 
So in order for me to actually heal and move through this abusive situation, I had to bring together both camps. I had to find my voice and acknowledge abuse, to acknowledge behavior that I didn't value, to recognize when someone had harmful and hurtful intent. I had to not blame myself for that, but I also had to take responsibility. And when I was able to bridge both of those things together, I was able to have the strength to move forward and leave the relationship and work on my healing. It was the only thing that saved me. So when I see these two camps fighting and one saying, no, I want to be able to call things out and say things as they are, that person abused me. I'm a victim to that. And then the other camp saying, yeah, but you're responsible. You need to get your shit together and move on. And that these two camps are polarized and not coming together is really too bad. It's too bad because in my experience, you have to be able to bridge the two camps in order to find healing. So... I believe that is it for this conversation. I hope that this was helpful. It planted some seeds and that you're going to take some of this information and start to apply it to your life and that it will be beneficial for you on your healing path. That's it for today. Amitab. I'll see you in the next episode.